What is up and welcome in. Jeremy Rushing here for another edition of Post Loons presented by Soda Soccer. We are here to break down, myself and Jacob Schneider, I should say, are here to break down Minnesota United's 3-2 loss in Vancouver. A chaotic night north of the border and a lot to get to. We would love your input on the match as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and leave us a question or comment in the chat. If you're watching on Twitter and you want to get involved in the show, over you have to head over to our YouTube channel to do that and uh, submit a question or comment. Just go ahead and go to youtube.com, search Post Loons, search Soda Soccer, and you will be right there. We are presented by SodaSoccer.com. It is your home for soccer coverage in the north. Um, all your Minnesota United, Minnesota Aurora, lower league news is all there at SodaSoccer.com, so make sure you're checking us out. And if you want to kind of take that next step and directly support our work, uh, we'd love for you to become a patron at patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. Not only does it directly support what we do and our content contributors, but it also allows us uh, to bring you some bonus content as well. I had a match thread going tonight uh, all throughout the game. We have training notes and, and audio from training um, all week long there on the Patreon as well. So you get some nice bonus tidbits for becoming a patron as well. So again, patreon.com slash soda soccer if you want to lend us that support. Uh, but if you're watching on YouTube, at the very least, please go ahead and give us a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the channel if you're not and tap that bell to be notified when we drop a new episode. All right, with all that behind us, Jacob Schneider, thank you for joining us tonight. Late night, we actually just crossed 12 a.m. Central Time. It's now May 7, 2023. How are we feeling? Tired. Yourself? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's like it's like you know the, the aspect of being physically tired, but on top of that, um, tired of MLS just being a bunch of BS back and forth across every game. Tonight was absolute yeah. chaos. Like it was Joseph Martinez scores two goals. His first two of the season against Atlanta United, one of them being a penalty 10 seconds after he comes on out as a sub. Literally his first touch after first coming touch. on against his former team as a PK. Kevin Cabral, the six and a half million signing for the Galaxy, who was traded to the Rapids for like two million, scores against the Galaxy in a just dominant performance from the Rapids. Like, like just MLS is drunk today. It doesn't make any sense that we get, you know, whatever just happened in Vancouver. Like, I mean yeah. I think the commentary team put it fantastic when they said egregious giveaways. That's the yeah. summer that, that is the perfect summary of both teams' performances tonight, not just Minnesota's. Christ, if we're looking at Vancouver's performance too, uh, they're not going to be thrilled with the goals they conceded either. Uh, so, no. you know, it's, it's a hectic night, man. But, you know, we're here. It's like 12.03 a.m. Central Time. Like we said, we got uh, live people in the chat, you know, sauce us those questions. You know, maybe ridicule one of us if uh, we have a bad take and let's hear yours instead. You know, let's have a little fun. It's MLS after dark, folks. This is a game where there are plenty of takes to sort of take away from it. So it'll be a very take heavy uh, episode of Post Loons, I'm sure. Uh, Dan O jumping in the chat. Let's get started. It says two giveaways and three easy missed chances. That game was one to five. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it this game could have easily been five, four either way depending on on who's taking their chances and and who's limiting giveaways um it was kind of a you know a, a lot of errors on both sides but obviously being on the minnesota end of it as we are here we're sort of focusing more on minnesota's and uh those were pretty bad and we'll get to that in a little bit too um exodus dropping in the cat uh in the chat says uh de defense was a mess missed opportunities in the final third but for some reason i had a lot of fun watching this game Clean it up and we can be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, for all of the frustration that came with it from a Minnesota United perspective, this was pretty back and forth end to end, which is, you know, we haven't really seen that from a Minnesota United match over the last few 
games. And that's not exactly how the way this team is built without Amanda Reynoso, how they're going to find success. But at least it was some entertainment value if we're going to have late night loons on a Saturday night. You know, the, the entertainment value was definitely there. Um, quick, quick note. I uh, hope Brian White is okay. Uh, I'm a big yeah. fan of his game. Uh, you know, when he collided with Dane St. Clair on Vancouver's second or third, Third goal, third goal, second goal, second goal, excuse yeah. me, second goal. Um, I, the way he, the way he was holding his knee, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. You know, I just hope there's no meniscus injury, no, uh, no uh, 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 ACL, none of that. Just, you know, just, just hope he's okay. Cause it didn't look great. And, you know, knowing his injury history in the, in the league, you know, he's, he's finally, finally found his feet in Vancouver after a good start for a season. So I hope he's okay. But um, yeah, it was a chaotic night. I mean, it was one of those nights where Will Trapp um, had his worst performance of the year. Mm. He got it out of the way. I don't know. I don't know if you can. I don't know if Will Trapp can can have a, a worse performance for Minnesota United uh, than tonight. And that's you know yeah. that, 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 that that's that's just being honest. But it wasn't just Trapp. It was the entire team. But yeah. it starts with your captain. It starts with the the leader on the pitch. It starts with the first error that led to the first Vancouver goal. Uh, it set the tone for the match. And, um, you know, as unfortunate as it was, it just wasn't his night. You know, and I also look to, to Adrian Heath here and, and, and some slight criticism. I, I don't often criticize uh, Heath because I tend to agree with a lot of the decisions he makes um, from the underlying soccer matters. But Robin Ludden and Will Trapp don't often play together in a midfield pivot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, a, not, a, not a very common duo to have there. And the chemistry was not there tonight at all. Um, you know, he talked, he talked about a post game to us, but you know, we're still waiting on the will trap that we've seen past, you know, uh, two and a half years from Minnesota United to show up this campaign. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, he's been off all year and you know, whatever happens, happens. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll find his game eventually. But the fact of the matter is that traps off game wore off on load having an off game and the midfield just couldn't connect. There was no cohesion. I mean, the first goal that Minnesota United scored was the summary of tonight's performance, just absolute chaos that yeah. didn't, that, that shouldn't have happened. That was error prone. That was mistake prone. That was egregious. Like it just, uh, you know, they got their worst performance of the spring out of the way. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest when I say that this is the their worst performance uh, of the season so far. You know, I would rather see them, you know, take that loss on the road against the fire than the loss tonight. You know, I just, Mm-hmm. This wasn't good, uh, and uh, it's a big learning experience because they had a quick turnaround. Jeremy Tuesday yeah. night, Allianz Field. Um, yeah, well, well, what do you think? And, and and not giving the midfield the benefit of the doubt here because they were not clicking. Lyndon Trap were not clicking at all. You're 100 right. But when you are not finishing your chances in the attack, you are putting so much pressure on your midfield and on your defense to play damn near perfect every single time out. And they have largely done that this season, uh, especially defensively. This is by far this team's worst defensive performance this season. Uh, They've been very, very good the whole rest of the campaign up until this point. But we saw tonight just how much this team relies on quality in the midfield and at the back to make up for their lack of of finishing and their lack of goal scoring. And when that is not perfect... We see what happens tonight. The snowball can really start to roll in a in a negative direction. And, and we're not uh, here to rip them. Like that, that's not our intention. Yeah. It's yeah. just being 
every once in a while, this is a podcast where we're not often brutally honest. You know, we, we, we try to put things into perspective. Um, tonight is a mixture of both. It's brutal honesty that is put into perspective. And it's the fact that Minnesota played uh, horrendous tonight and that it's a big learning experience. And that uh, saying Ben should be the nine going forward. That's, that's what they learned tonight. And also I like the three, five, two, uh, but we'll talk on that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, good goodness. Like it just, you know, this is a game, a game to forget Jeremy. You know, I, I don't know what else to say regarding, you know, the performance uh, Vancouver's a team you should easily beat. Uh, Vanny Sartini is a good coach. Um, Vancouver doesn't concede a lot of goals, but Vancouver doesn't score a lot of goals. They don't score three goals, guys. Yeah. Not, not not those kind of goals, especially. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that uh, they allowed it to happen, and Minnesota didn't recover from it. And despite you know the efforts from Song Min Jun, uh, it was it was not good enough. And you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put that Franco Fragapane. How many how many times can you recall his name being mentioned on the broadcast, Jeremy, tonight? Uh he had one missed opportunity in the first half, and that's about the only time I heard his name mentioned by the by the play-by-play announcers. Let's talk like let's Bongo Kule Klangwane has the most tackles, most block shots, and most block passes of any player in major league soccer through yep. week eleven. He's yep. a left From- winger or a right winger, folks. That is ridiculous effort. Tonight mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't see any of that. It's like he saw that headline pop up midweek, and it terrified him because he didn't backtrack, he didn't support his midfield, and he didn't get into the final third. He was just there, and yeah. you know, uh, I do think you know Luis Amaria coming off um, hindered the team a little bit, but I but I did like the fact that it allowed us to see Sangley Jean at, at the nine. I think that's that that that's a really good takeaway. And that's a positive thing to look at because we saw the kid and what he can do in that role. Um, but with Luis Amaria out there, at least there is someone to hold the ball in the final third and allow the midfield to push up a bit because it was so mm-hmm. constant. The turnovers were happening that Will Trapp and Robert Lowe were overloaded, and all of a sudden they're backtracking. All oh, of a sudden but- they are on the back of their heels, and they are sprinting. They're like they are sprinting to try and recover, and it just no one. There was no support from the front four tonight, and that's what happens when you take off your hold-up play striker and you move your ten to the nine, and you put a left wing at the ten. Just nothing coordinated, but you know, like yep. I said, the biggest takeaway is that we saw a lot of positivity from uh Sung Bin John at the nine. And I, and I like it a lot. I got two points. I want to address So The first one, yeah. we couldn't even see what defensive shape Minnesota wanted to put together tonight because they were nav- never able to get into defensive shape. It was just constant scrambling the entire night when Vancouver was hitting their counterattacks and credit to Vancouver. They are a very good organized counterattacking team and they are very quick at getting the ball in those goal-scoring positions off the counter. So credit to them for forcing that that sort of scrambling from Minnesota. But, yeah, I mean, the, the turnovers hurt that, obviously. But the Song Ben point is a good one. He is the only one that really looked ready and willing to take a shot and, and score tonight. He is really the only one that looked like he was playing with any confidence at all in the final third. And he is somebody, to your point, I want to see more around goal. I want to see him more around the box, getting goal scoring chances because the way he has played the 10, although it is, you know, he's kind of asking to do the same things as Reynoso did. He hasn't really been getting involved in any goal scoring chances in the run of, at least an open play so far this season. When he was moved to the nine tonight, that was the first time we actually got to see him get in the mix 
in the attack and actually get some chances, get the ball at his feet with the chance to shoot at goal. And I really like what I saw. Obviously, we've liked what we saw from him off set pieces coming into this, uh, coming in tonight. I really liked what I saw from him in the final third in terms of taking those chances and the quality he has with the ball. That final shot in stoppage time was Oh, my gosh. I mean, I sat up in my chair that I'm sitting in right here. My TV's right to the left of my face here. And I was, I just, for a second, I was like, there's no way. There's just no way. And obviously there was no way. But the fact of the matter is, is that if, if the kid can, you know, turn the head of someone like us, who's not a cat, you know, not a fan where media members were, we, we are, we are neutrals in these scenarios more than more often than not. Mm-hmm. He's impressive. And, you know, with fitness, with time, I think, I think they might've finally gotten a multi-million dollar transfer, right? And it genuinely might be the first one since Reynoso. Exodus popping in. Speaking of Reynoso says, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the training ground this week with Ray back in town. Will be, will be very interesting to see what he does when and if Ray is cleared to play. Um, yeah. I mean, if you have been living under a rock and did not hear the news, Emmanuel Reynoso is back in Minnesota. He traveled there today from, uh, from Argentina after, you know, five months of basically sitting out this first portion of the season. Um, you can read our article at sodasoccer.com. Andy Grader had a really good uh, kind of, uh, informational article on everything that's gone into he uh, to Reynoso's absence and Reynoso's you know decision to come back at the Pioneer Press. So go check that out as well. But Reynoso is back in Minnesota. He did say post game that he hasn't really had a chance to really think about that at all because that happened this morning and they're obviously in Vancouver getting ready for the Whitecaps match here. But um, Jacob, what are your thoughts on on Reynoso being back and and what what should we expect over these first couple weeks here? I expect absolutely nothing. That's what I will say. Um, don't expect him back probably till July, June, July. That's that's where I'll put it. Um, and I don't really want, I don't really want to touch on it because it's the same thing Dane St. Clair said last week in post game is that he hasn't been here. Uh, he hasn't been contributing to the team. He didn't want to be here. Um, he is uh, under some very serious allegations in Argentina. And Andy Greeter put in his report today that um, some of the, the that the worry of some of those allegations were one of the reasons he did stay back in case you know there were any uh, matters that he needed to deal with legally wise. But he also felt more comfortable around family. You know, uh, I wish Ray the best and everything. But you know, uh, now that he's back in Minnesota, there's a lot of there's, there's a process that goes into this. I'm going to try and lay it out for everyone who's listening right now. Um, and what I will say is that he's not match fit. It takes a long time for a player to become match fit, even if you are as talented as Emmanuel Reynoso. Odds are he hasn't really been training. The club hasn't been able to give him training regiments while he's in Argentina. While Song Bin was undergoing his transfer here to Minnesota, uh, and he wasn't able to be with the team, but, you know, they'd already paid the fee and everything, he was given, you know, training routines to be doing on a pitch there uh, with a personal trainer, with an agent, whoever it would be. He was given these things to, to do. Uh, but when Ray when Ray arrives now, there's a process he's going to have to go through with the leak. He's currently suspended. They have to figure out what what does this suspension still entail? What process does he have to go to go through? Excuse me, um, to be unsuspended. I don't think that's a word, but it's what I'm going to use because it's like 12:30 in the morning and I'm tired. But uh, there's also the fact that he's going to have to go through drug protocol. He's going to have to get tested. He is going to have to. Um, go through physical. He's going to have to have physicals with the club again. He's going to have to go through all these processes with the league. You know, there might be some sort of educational programming we see that he'll have to go through too. Um, you know, I'll use the Dante Van Zier incident with um, Derek Red Bulls. On top of his suspension, the league was mandating educational practices for him um, for what he did. And obviously, completely different incidents, 
but you're starting to see the league implement these on top of suspensions. Um, so, you know, something to keep an eye on there too, you know, how to be a good teammate, whether he has to take a class on, you know, what it means to be, you know, part of the league, you know, and everything, because those things do come about now. And on top of that, uh, he has to earn the trust of his teammates back, the trust of his coaching staff, and most importantly, the trust of the fans. Um, you know, I think I can speak on behalf of a, a large group of this fan base that says they're very disappointed uh, in the actions that he chose this offseason to not return to Minnesota uh, and to, you know, not publicly say why, um, you know, and obviously there can be an assumption made as to why. Um, there's the report from uh, Andy's piece today at the Pioneer Press. Feel free to go check that out and read. There's a small section on why he did stay back. But the fact of the matter is, is that Emmanuel Reynoso, despite being incredibly talented, despite being, you know, uh, the, the 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 cornerstone of this if this club in previous years, he hasn't been here. He They've learned to play without him. He is not a starting player when he comes back, when he's match fit. He has to earn the trust of everybody around him. And you know what? They, they're, they're starting to learn to play without it. Yes, the, yes, any team could use a player of his quality. It is well-spoken. Look at tonight's result. They could use a player of that quality. But at some point, there has to be a moral high ground. And at some point, there has to be, you know, the fact that, you know, what you did was wrong. And there are consequences on top of you not being here. And what the club chooses to do we remains to be seen. But it needs to be, you know, taken into account that it's a very serious issue with for a lot of the people within the club and a lot of people surrounding the club. And even from a bare minimum standpoint, Ray isn't really with with the team schedule this week. Reynoso is even not not only really going to get to like see or be with or around his teammates for almost a week because they get back to Minnesota tomorrow. They might have a training session on Monday. They play on Tuesday. They're probably going to have Wednesday off, and then they're kind of really not getting back at it until Thursday. So that's almost a week. Like you almost have to consider Monday or Wednesday or whenever that first day of training in is like like Reynoso's first day of preseason training camp. And you think about how long that ramp up takes from preseason training camp to actually getting ready for the regular season. That's almost a two month ramp up. It's almost a two month runway. And he's just not the physical fitness is, I think the big part of this where he is going to have to get match ready and match fit. And if he is coming in, not having been on a training regimen, only playing with his community club, which one of the Argentine reports said he was playing with his neighborhood team in Argentina, if you will. But that does not at all in any level replicate the intensity and what you're going to have in a, in a major league soccer match and on a major league soccer pitch. So this is, we can use the example of saying Ben tonight, Jeremy, tonight was the first night that he played 90. He looked gassed at 72. Uh, and he is, we're, we're like a little over a month of his tenure here in Minnesota following his first cameo. Um, yeah, just, just about a month now. And he is still not 90 minutes fit. And he is coming from a club where he was um, a very small bench role player. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's still, you know, but he's in training. You know, he's doing the, the everything with the groups. Yep. And he is still not 90 minutes match, or, excuse me, 90 minutes match fit. So take that into a context. And, you know, Eric Grady in our comment section said, July, uh, soccer's not that complicated. Buddy, it's MLS. MLS is complicated as heck. Like, uh, but on top of that, the fact is, is that there is a process that he is going to have to go through mm-hmm. to be integrated into the club. Again, physically, emotionally, intellectually, you know, and there's the fact that, you know, a lot of those guys aren't going to accept him right away and he's going to have to earn it. And, uh, you know, there's not many, much else to say at the moment. Adrian Heath didn't want to talk about it post-game. He's, and I quote, he said, 
I have other things to think about, which he does. They've got a game on Tuesday against a very talented Philadelphia Union side that are very pissed off because they lost in the CONCACAF Champions League against LAFC on Tuesday and then scraped by a win today uh, off a uh, off a Daniel Gazdag penalty kick. It wasn't good enough today. They should not have claimed three points, but they did, and Jim Curtin knows that. They're going to be out to kill on Tuesday. They are going to do whatever it takes to go on the road and get three points in a meaningful way, in a meaningful matter. I think Adrian Heath knows that too because it wasn't good enough against LAFC in the CONCACAF Champions League, and it wasn't good enough today. So big game on Tuesday, big game, and that's got to be their focus now. Um, Exodus is asking about uh, the possibility of a Songbin injury. Um, Heath said um, he sort of dismissed that when we asked uh, post game. He even went as far to mention that even if they had that substitution window in hand, they still may have not have uh, opted to bring Songbin off because it was a, a temporary knock that he took. Um, you know, a couple minutes after he was running fine, and obviously he had that big opportunity at the end. So I don't expect Songbin to have any uh, lingering issues there. Um, Amaria evidently a pulled groin for Amaria. Yep. That's what he said. Yep post game is why he was subbed off in the 29th minute so it was not dissatisfaction with performance it was not just a tactical move it was a it was a pulled groin and injury for Amaria so that's something obviously to keep an eye on moving forward as well maybe another excuse to throw Songbin back back at the nine on Tuesday and see what happens I wouldn't be opposed uh to that either um Jeremy one of the points I wanted to touch on real quick was that I was really impressed with Adrian Heath's um willingness and ambition to change things tonight because we haven't seen that since he came to Minnesota, if I'm being honest, he's very, uh, very honed in on his ways as a coach and as a manager, um, whether that's his substitution patterns, whether that's his personnel selection, whether it's the way he manages in-game tactics. Uh, he changed a lot tonight and attempted to do a few different things. Um, and at first I was very skeptical, but I think I think it did, it helped the squad, you know, and it gave them a little confidence that, hey, you know, what we're doing isn't working, but he's got an idea and we trust him. Let's hear out his idea and let's try it. Um, I think Brett Coleman was really solid when he came on. Um, yeah. He'll probably play 90 Tuesday night. I don't know who will play alongside Brent. Um, but, but you know, I, I just want to throw out the idea that, you know, with when they move to that 3-5-2, they've got a very good left center back coming back in about a month's time in Bakai Debasi. There's opportunity to explore that more this summer with, you know, a, a proper left center back. In, in Bakai, who can play both left back and left center back. And he's played in a back three before he came to Minnesota before. Um, you know, just something to keep an eye on, something for, you know, Loons fans to think about is, you know, th- there's opportunity there. Uh, and on top of that, you know, maybe we see – I asked Heath if we're going to see any of the MMN UFC 2 guys called up for Tuesday in the Open Cup. He said, we'll see. Uh, I dropped Emmanuel Iwe's name because that, you know, he scored in the last Open Cup um, game. And, uh, you know, again, we'll see. But, uh, you know, keep an eye on that because there's also, you know, if they need uh, another defender, they've got Britton Fisher, who is a 6'6 giant uh, on MNUFC2. And then Devin Paddleford can uh, um, transition between both teams without any agreement being made because he has a first-team contract. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, uh, there's defensive help if they need it. Yeah, and and with Eway, I believe there's only one more time they can one. call him up on that on that temporary loan deal. Evidently, you can only do four of those per year if you're an MLS yep. club. Um, it's weird that they have to use up one of those for the U.S. Open Cup, but it, it's because it, they play MLS opposition. Yeah, that's it, the, it is that's what the it reason. is. 
So I, you know, if, if they do bring him up on on Tuesday, that's the last time they can do that without actually signing him to a first team deal. So um, we'll have to see kind of how the club decides to navigate that for Tuesday because they're going to need all the depth and all the help they can get. Obviously, uh, coming off of this one here. Um, ex, uh, so Exodus was asking about saying Ben, um, Eric, we're going to have one more note on the Reynoso thing. I'm telling you, man, he's not going to get on the pitch until at least June and he's not going to play more than 45 to 60 minutes until at least July. That's, that's how it's going to go. That's how long it's going to take him to get match fit for MLS. You know, um, use the context of the summer transfer window opening up then too. Um, just use the context of it. There's, you know, anything can happen. So, you know, if you get game time in June and it turns out, you know, that, you know, the bond can't be mended, that, you know, you get him game minutes in June and you explore an opportunity in the window, you know, but summertime is probably going to be, you know, the, he won't play 90 till July. We'll put it at that late June, early July. He, he'll come off the bench, you know, early June, uh, mid June, you know, you can maybe even see a late May cameo if, if you know, his fitness is better. But 90 is ridiculously hard coming off of from where he Again, is. Again, look at Sang Ben. Sang Ben's playing with this team, has been playing with 20. for almost a month now. And yeah. uh, he's just now, tonight was his first 90 minute appearance. So And he was struggling after the 70th yeah. minute. Yeah. So almost had to come off. So that's Contact that's kind of how that goes. Um, let's go ahead and hit up our friends though at Colosso Kits real quick. G-O-L-A-C-O-Kits.com and use code Loons, L-O-O-N-S at checkout to get 15% out, uh, 15% off, excuse me. Uh, what do you get when you check out Galasso Kits? You get unique vintage jerseys sent directly to your home. No, it's not the 2023 Northern Lights kit. It's not, you know, any any new MLS jerseys or any new Premier League jerseys or anything like that. No, this is the old school stuff. This is the good stuff. This is the vintage stuff. This is, you know, 1999 Arsenal kits. This is, uh, you know, a, a U.S. men's national team jacket from like 2006. This is really cool vintage stuff that Galasso Kids has. And they have a huge variety too. It's not just like six or seven things. Search any any club you want. Search any national team you want at ColossoKids.com. You will find something there for your club. Um, I believe there are still a pair of Minnesota United 2015 NASL era, era jerseys that are up at ColossoKids.com. So let's just sold example. this past week, Jeremy. The Both of them did? Yeah, but what I can say is there's a 2019-20 Minnesota United home kit up there along with a Minnesota United 2019 travel polo. But more importantly, something I've had my eyes on there for a while, there's an MLS Cheez-Its banner. Oh, like, yes. yes. Like, one, amazing cracker. Two, an M old MLS logo. Old MLS oh, so logo. like MLS 1.0 is what we're talking with about. With the Cheez-Its logo. And then, like, hang that up in your garage. You know how cool that would look? Like, things like that, you know. Uh, they've got they've got a Didier Drogba Chelsea jersey. I've got I've had my eye on, and I've actually you know uh, our Loons coupon has been used by a few of my followers on Twitter, and they've sent me what they got. They've uh, opted to go the route of going with a surprise package where they don't pick what they get. Uh, they send them a surprise jersey for a fee, or uh, maybe a surprise scarf or a surprise jacket. They've got some really cool stuff. Check them out. Uh, good friends at Golasso Kits. Yes, uh, the the surprise box is cool. The surprise jersey is cool. So if you really don't care what you get, you just want something soccer, the surprises are the way to go, and you still get that 15% off when you use code LOONS at checkout. So check them out, galassokits.com, code LOONS. I'm telling you guys, I have not met or heard a single person who has gone to Galasso Kits, bought something from there, and been disappointed. Unheard of. 
And believe me, I am asking. I am constantly in communication with those guys, making sure that our our fans and our audience are happy with the with the service that they're providing. And uh, they love what we're doing for them. The fans love that they can get stuff for uh, for a cheaper price. So take advantage of that if you haven't. Again, Golasso Kits, G-O-L-A-C-O, kits.com, and code Loons at checkout. Gets you 15% off. Big thanks to our friends at Golasso Kits for sponsoring the uh, Post Loons post-game show today. Where did I find the banner? There it is. All right, cool. Um, let's see. Got another question in the chat from Paul Forrester. Says, Mender ain't it. You know, there just seems to be a thing right now with Minnesota United attackers. When they get inside the box, yeah. something happens where they just kind of forget how to play soccer. And Mender Garcia is no exception to that. I think being a young kid, a young DP, he is uh, could be a real net positive long-term player for this team. But he is in that shuffle right now of strikers who just cannot find a goal to save their lives. You know, Ed, it's not unheard of for teams loaning out young DPs to get them, you know, minutes too. Um, like, just use that for context. If Minnesota needed to loan him out, you know, th- they could. You know, they could they could make that choice to get him minutes. Um, you know, and one thing I constantly talk about in here is that the July transfer window is going to be a make or break for this season um, because they need to bring in a high-quality forward. And a name that keeps getting dropped around MLS, not just Minnesota United, uh, but it was dropped like during the Houston Dynamo Real Salt Lake game today. Is former New England, I can't talk, Jeremy. Former New England Revolution forward uh, Adam Buxa, who uh, is currently with RC Lens uh, in Liga 1. I butchered that name. You, you you're supposed to say it with a French accent. I just don't know how. But RC he's not Lenz, playing there though, which is the point. No, he's with their B team. He's with their B team, and he's bagging yeah. goals with the B team. Um, he gets you 15 to 18 goals a season um, in major league soccer. And rumor has it, he's looking to come back. Uh, Loon, you know, should be looking for players like that. You know, it doesn't have to be someone familiar with the league, but it has to be someone who you can guarantee will get that 15 to 18 goal mark, not just the five or six that, you know, someone like Juanchope Avila, Angelo Rodriguez, um, Wilfred Moimbe, Tarad, yeah. uh, you know, guys like that. It just, you know, you you, you really got to find the guy that's going to do it because, you know, with the league continually growing and these teams getting better, look at that. Look at Denny Buanga. I mean, what a gem LAFC have. Uh, and, you know, the transfer fee they paid for him wasn't a ton. It was under $10 million, you know, and I know Minnesota isn't going to fork out that much money, but you can still find somebody who's going to bag you goals. And it just – it's got to happen in July because – it's this, this, this isn't consistent enough. You can't count on uh, Michael Boxel scoring an opening goal and giving you momentum. Yeah. Can't. It was his fifth no. goal all time in his professional career. He's 34. His first, first goal, goal in almost four years. Yeah. Since 2019 for Minnesota United, you can't bank on stuff like that, sparking you and giving you, you know, momentum. So uh, July is going to be a huge opportunity for Minnesota, but until then, you know, they've got to rely on the squad that I have and, got instill as much confidence as he can in the group um we're gonna stick around for a few more minutes guys it is late so we may close up shop early if there aren't too many more questions or comments but if you want to leave a question want to leave a comment we'll we'll keep this rolling as long as you guys want to want to contribute and interact so go to our youtube channel if you're if you're not on youtube head over to youtube and search post loon search soda soccer leave your question or comment we'll get it right on the air uh while you're here if you could give us a thumbs up on the stream that would be awesome if you could subscribe to the channel, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, please do. I actually have a really cool interview dropping next week with Patrick Wea of MNUFC. 
UFC too. Um, so we, we talked a lot of, we talked about a lot of things in his life, but we also talked about the striker struggles that Minnesota United is having and kind of what goes through the mind of a striker when you are in kind of a, a rut or a slump like that. Um, really cool insight from Patrick on that. So, um, make sure you're subscribing to our channel so you get access to that interview when it drops on our YouTube channel early next week, but also obviously just helps us out to have more subscribers and as many thumbs up on that stream as possible. So if you want to leave a question or comment, um, please do that. Um, Jacob, you wanna, you have, have, go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. Said, you want to talk a little bit about Tuesday looking ahead? Yeah. So let's talk about Philly on Tuesday. Obviously these open cup games, especially with only two days rest in between can be a bit of a crapshoot, which I think with Minnesota sort of from a talent perspective, you know, not necessarily being at the level that Philly is. I almost think that muddying the waters can be kind of an equalizer for them in that regard. And I think Minnesota, we've seen good runouts from some of their depth pieces and some of those MNUFC two players who have who have uh you know had to play at the first team whether it was the the first Vancouver match because of the absences due to international duty whether it's been open yeah. cup play so far um so there's going to be got kids coming in with a lot of confidence whoever gets called up to play um and the fact that it's at home I I, I think helps and this at this point in the open cup you can never really predict it either which I do think works in Minnesota's favor so I want to talk a little bit about Philly too. So um, looking at the group that Jim Curtin played today, uh, my expectation is that they're two strikers, which they would normally play with, um, that they're going to roll out with on Tuesday are going to be Mikel Ure, um and Chris Donovan. And if it's not Donovan, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, Quinn Sullivan with uh, 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 Ure. But Ure is definitely going to start. Uh, he's, he begged a hat trick last week and MLS didn't start today, um, came off the bench, didn't have the greatest performance. But Ure, Danish, twenty-eight-year-old uh, uh, year old from De- Denmark, he'll be starting, and I'm guessing it'll I'm guessing it'll be Chris Donovan or Quinn Sullivan, both of who are, or Quinn Sullivan's going to head to the U twenty World Cup with the U S. Uh, if Curtin releases him, uh, no doubt Sullivan will be there. But on top of that, you'll see Jack McGlynn um, likely get some sort of minutes Tuesday, and he's uh, rumored to if if he's released for the U twenty World Cup, he might be the captain for the U S. in the World Cup. Um, you know, these kids that Philly has are very talented. You know, they can't be underestimated the depth of Philadelphia right now. I mean, Jack Elliott didn't play today. And Jack Elliott is one of the, you know, past three or four years, one of the best defenders uh, in uh, Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer. Uh, Olivia Mbizo got sent off in CCL Tuesday night against LAFC. Wasn't able to play today. Odds are he starts Tuesday too. That's a regular starter. Uh, you know, and it's just... Joaquin Torres will probably play on Tuesday too. Christ, they yep. Philly's got ridiculous depth, and it's going to be Minnesota's biggest depth this test of the season. Um, and you know, with Sang Ben playing ninety tonight, it's it's going to be tough. Minnesota didn't have yep. the opportunity to take him off, you know, and save him 20, 30 minutes because of that uh, Luis Maria injury. So, what they do Tuesday? Gosh, Jeremy. I think I think they probably go Garcia. I think they probably go Garcia. They probably go the 4-2-3-1. They probably go Garcia up top. Both Bongi and Franco came out at just past the hour mark. So and and Lud went all 90. So I probably probably Bongi and Franco are your wings. I think we probably have a trap Dodson midfield. Um, and then along the back, you'll probably see Brent Coleman. Uh, you may see a Doniel Henry. Uh, in there as well. I think you see Zarek Valentin for sure, uh, whether that's Valentin and Taylor or whatever whatever they want to do uh, on the on the at the uh, at the fullback position. 
Um, and, but who's going to be the central part of that midfield is interesting to me because Lud played all 90, saying Ben played all 90. Obviously, Reynoso is not going to be available. Um, so it'll be really interesting to, to me to see. You mentioned Daniel Henry. I wasn't able to make it to training this past week, and he wasn't on the bench today. What's his uh, – is he, is he good to go? I haven't seen Daniel. I I, I, I thought he had been good to go, but you're right. He was not on the bench tonight. So I guess that's something that yeah. we may – if we get the chance to talk to Heath between now and, and Tuesday – because um, yeah. he had been good to go, he had he had been back, he had been going. Um, yep. So yep. he wasn't on the he wasn't on the unavailable list either. Yeah. So I'm not sure. So we'll see Cam Dunbar at the ten, likely or at the right wing, and you'll see. Um, excuse me, Frank with the ten. Otherwise, uh, Clint Irwin will start in net. Yep. Zarek Valentin will be left back. Um, you'll see DJ Taylor play another ninety. I bet DJ's a DJ's a machine. Yep. Uh, very nice guy, though. Really like DJ. Really good. Yeah, he's awesome. He's but, awesome to talk to. <laughs> yeah, he, he really is. But uh, we had we had to drop out of the press conference before he talked, and I was a little bit disappointed know, that we had to do that. But it's what but we, we wanted to speak guys. with you guys. It's what we do for the podcast. But, you know, and I bet they expected to have Joseph Rosales available for uh, for Tuesday, and you know, on fresh legs, and that wasn't the option. Um, so I wonder, you know, what Joseph's role looks like Tuesday night. Then there's also, you know, the shout for do we see Devin Paddleford? Um, but. You know, you got to take the Open Cup more seriously than last year because last year's knockout was an embarrassment, and they don't want to have that again, even if it is against a quality team like the Union. Um, so there's a lot of storylines here, folks. But the fact of the matter is, is that Philly are pissed. They got knocked out of CCL. They're not going to the final. They lost to LAFC. Uh, it was an embarrassing red from Mbizo that doomed them. Um, they barely scraped by the Red Bulls today, and the Red Bulls are a terrible team. Um Sorry if you're a Red Bull fan and like you're friends with me or something. Um, you guys are just in a rut right now, and you know, and there's a lot going on with the club and everything. But uh, uh, 1-0 on a penalty that was, I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't a penalty for me. I would never, in a, as a referee, I would never have called it a penalty. I thought it was ridiculously light. Um, it was nice to be able to watch the 6:30 slate of games today, Jeremy, so I can talk like this. Yeah, I can have exactly, these conversations. Exactly. Goodness. We but still only had one match window today, but at least we got to take in the early games before. Yeah, the West Coast kickoffs are brutal, though, uh, for these late-night hours. But, yeah. uh, you know, I just – Philly are – they're going to come to Minnesota, and they know they got a lot to prove to both Jim Curtin and their fans. So it'll be a tough one. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be covering it here for Soda Soccer. Um, Jeremy, are you going to be there uh, in the press box Tuesday night? I will not. No, Tuesdays are a no-go for me. Girls have gymnastics, can't really get out of it. So I will be watching uh, I'll be watching from home. So I will not be at the at Allianz Field, unfortunately. Uh, Jacob will have all your match coverage. There will be no post loons after Philadelphia. I think if they make it to like the quarterfinals of the Open Cup, well, we may organize some post loons post-game shows after that. But for some of these early rounds, just logistically it's tough. I'm gonna be honest though. If, if it goes to Penn's Tuesday night, I I can't do a third straight, like getting home at like 1230 from Allianz Field, man. Like, can't. You're damn near can't. kicking us out of the press box, Jacob. Oh, I know. Like, last last weekend uh, went post-loons and there was post-loons with MJ. Um, I got out of Allianz Field because I did a little bit of work afterward, too, uh, after yeah. post-loons. I, did, I didn't leave the stadium until like 1237 a.m. And when I got outside, it was so cold, windy, and rainy. It's just awful. It was just absolutely yeah. awful. So, yeah. you know, I'm begging you, Apple, be more considerate of me specifically and my needs. Uh, I'm a little needy sometimes, but, you know, I could really use, you know, your help here and there. Um, 
quickly, I see we got a comment here from Dave Stevens. We'll make it our last one of the show because we are running late and it's, you know, pretty late. Take it away, Jeremy. Yeah, so it says great to see DSC making some make some amazing saves. Actually, something we haven't touched on that is a, probably a good point to end on, a good positive point to end on as well. Uh, kept the team in the game until the final whistle. Feels like he hasn't really been tested lately. No, he hasn't been tested because yeah. the midfield and the defense up until tonight have been really, really good and not allowing too many chances Dane St. Clair's way. We actually got to talk to Dane early this week in training, and I asked him, like, how tough is it to stay engaged when you're not seeing many shots? And um, he kind of mentioned some of the other responsibilities he has in terms of keeping the back line organized and, and communicating as, as ways to stay engaged. But he needed to be engaged tonight, and even though Vancouver bagged three goals, I don't really think any of them are Dane's fault, obviously. Um, facing one-on-one situations in most of them. And he made, uh, as, as Dave mentioned, a, a handful of really nice saves to keep Minnesota in the match. So it's it's weird It's that it's the most goals by far he's led up in a match so far this season, but it might have been his best performance of the season. That's MLS in a conundrum. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? I still oh, can't man. get over the the way the results went today. You know, you know, you know how this weekend's gonna gonna round out, Jeremy. Sporting Honestly, Kansas City are gonna beat Seattle in Seattle tomorrow. That's probably that's what's gonna happen. But here's here's the good news for Minnesota in terms of looking ahead. And again, don't want to put the cart before the horse here. But <laughs> so SKC plays at Seattle tomorrow. Then they play at Houston on Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup, and then they host Minnesota in Kansas City on Saturday. So they have a rough week ahead of them themselves. Obviously, their struggles this season have been well-documented. Um, so you should be looking at a very winnable next league match for Minnesota on Saturday, no matter how the match on Tuesday goes. But obviously, the match on Tuesday is the focus, 7.30. Um, I believe it'll be on the BR app in the BR YouTube, YouTube channel yep. for Minnesota and Philadelphia. And Jacob will have you covered from Allianz Field. Jacob, any final yep. thoughts before we let the uh, let the people go to bed? Twitter handle is right below my name on screen. Follow it for Tuesday's match coverage. Um, and if you already follow me on Twitter, um, I'm going to see if I can do a little giveaway for my followers before uh, the U.S. Open Cup match on Tuesday with some Loon swag. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're not already following, do that right now. And assuming I get what I'm going to be giving away in the mail tomorrow, it should be. It's supposed to be coming tomorrow. Um, we'll have some swag to give away Monday morning, and the winner will be drawn before I leave for Allianz Field or maybe before kickoff uh, Tuesday. And, you know, cool little, cool little thing for you guys. Um, thanks for tagging along. appreciate you all tuning in tonight. Uh, we're all tired. It's late. Um, you get out of college, and all of a sudden you're old, Jeremy. You can't stay up late anymore. Oh, stop. Stop. Oh, <laughs> out of college, I feel old, man. Try being 31 and having two kids. Then, yeah. then, you, really then you start aging in dog years. So we call it, um, We'll call it the terrible 24s. The terrible 24s. There you go. Uh, all right. Again, follow Jacob at underscore Jacob Schneider. I'm at Jeremy G. Rushing. Follow Soda Soccer at Soda SOC on both Twitter and Instagram. We're trying to up our IG game a little bit with some short form video content and things like that. So uh, boost our Instagram following by going to Instagram and looking up at Soda SOC, giving us a follow there. On your way out of the stream tonight, guys, make sure you are hitting us with the thumbs up. If you haven't, make sure you're subscribing to the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a retweet, give us a like, give us a follow. And if you want to take that next step and directly support our work, um, head over to patreon.com slash soda soccer. You'll see some bonus content there as well. It is, I'm telling you guys, the lifeblood 
of what we do here. Every content creator at Soda Soccer is paid for their work, and we can't do that without the support of our community. So make sure you're checking us out as low as $3 a month, patreon.com slash Soda Soccer. Thanks, everybody who follows, who subscribes, who, who contributes, who interacts. We really do appreciate it. Makes these post-game shows at 12.43 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Very, very worth it. We really appreciate it, everybody. And uh, we'll be back here with you on Tuesday. Follow Jacob at underscore Jacob Schneider on Twitter for all your loons coverage for U.S. Open Cup between Minnesota United and Philadelphia Union. Till then, enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Bye. Thanks, all.